Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hi, I'm Sherry. I'm one of the staff pastors here at Crossbridge. Want to welcome those of you who are at our Morris campus, our Peru campus, and those of you who have chosen to join us online. Now, I want you to sit back and relax because we're not going to be talking about resolutions. We're not going to be talking about starting diets, exercise programs, staying sugar-free, or anything else you may have decided to try on Wednesday and you've already broken. So just We're not going to have you feel more guilty than you already are. So everybody take a deep breath. (sighs) Let it out. Okay. Happy New Year. No resolutions. Well, how many of you were in scouting? The Boy Scouts of America is the largest scouting organization with the largest youth attendance in the United States. About 2.3 million are in Boy Scouts of America with 1 million adult volunteers. When I was in grade school, I was not in Boy Scouts, um, but I belonged to an organization called Bluebirds. And anybody remember Bluebirds? Okay. Well, we had to learn the Bluebird Pledge, which, of course, I could not remember, but Google could. So here's the Bluebird Pledge. To have fun, to learn to make beautiful things, to remember to finish what I begin, to learn to keep my temper in, to learn about nature and living outdoors, to have adventures with all sorts of things and make friends. Well, that's a pretty good list of things to learn, isn't it? Well, who belongs to something today? Raise your hands. Who belongs to something? Now, every hand should have been raised. Unless you're from out of state, you're all considered members of that great group called Citizens of Illinois. What a wonderful group of people we are. Did you know that Illinois is home to the world's largest bottle of ketchup? Other fun facts about Illinois. The ice cream sundae originated in Evanston, Illinois. Illinois is the home to the world's only river that flows backwards. That's the Chicago River. And Twinkies were invented on April 6, 1930 in River Forest, Illinois. I do not understand why on an average day, 313 residents leave Illinois for other states. We have so much to offer here. Some of you listening today belong to Crossbridge. You've taken the membership class, you vote in elections, and you're an official member. Many of you here and listening today attend a Crossbridge campus but are not members. You have not taken the membership class, but you consider this to be your church. You tell people that you belong here. And we're so glad you are all here. Whether this is your first time with us, your 50th time, or your 150th time, whether you're a member or not, whether you attend once a month or once a quarter, you are welcome here. And we feel you belong here. Belonging. According to Google, belonging means acceptance as a member or a part. Psychology Today states, a sense of belonging is a human need just like the need for food and shelter. Feeling that you belong is most important in seeing value in life and coping with intensely painful emotions. Belonging is important to each and every person. 
We belong to clubs, we belong to organizations, we belong to a state, or we belong to a church. But what we want you to know today is that you also belong to something much more important. You belong to someone. You belong to God. In 1 Peter 2.9, we read, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You are a child of God. Rick Warren states that there are no um, accidental children. There are sometimes accidental parents. But God created you and put you here for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. Many of, him have, many of us have asked him to be our savior. But whether you've taken that step on your spiritual journey or not, you are his child. He loves you with a love you cannot even begin to imagine. We've just celebrated the coming of Jesus into the world as a baby. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption into sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. You, my friend, are part of a royal family. Now, Hallmark movies are a delight to some people. Some people just endure them, and some of you really don't care. But many of them have the same plots. When you turn them on, you kind of know how the story's going to come out. But there's just this small gift of escape from reality for a few hours when you sit down to watch TV. I remember watching over the years, and I've seen several with a storyline about a prince arriving in our country, and he doesn't tell anybody that he's royalty, and then he falls in love with just an ordinary girl, and through all of the drama and everything that happens, they live ever, ever, happily ever after. Something dreams are made of. Well, I have an exciting announcement to make. We could all be in a Hallmark movie. Because if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have been adopted into God's family. We are all heirs to the kingdom of God. 1 Peter 1 says, Praise be to God, to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. We have an inheritance just waiting for us in heaven. I've read books about what heaven might be like, and I've read scripture, but honestly, I can only begin to imagine what God has in store for us there. Our minds just are not fully able to comprehend everything that's going to be there. But if we accept the gift of Jesus Christ in, our, in relationship with him, we have the promise that we will live for eternity in heaven with our Lord. We were all created in the image of God. We all have part of us that longs to be in relationship with him. We long to belong. Now we may run away from that longing and we can deny it. We can ignore it. But if we are honest with ourselves, it's there. 
You see, God created us with a desire to be in relationship with him, all of us. There is not one person that God does not love. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter the baggage that we carry around, nothing can separate us from God's love. Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love my kids. I don't always approve of everything they do, but I I love them. And when they were growing up, there were many, many moments that I was so very proud of them. When my third child, Abby, went to kindergarten, her sister Sarah was about five years older than she was. While Abby had a little bit of struggle going to school, she was a little shy back then. And there were two playgrounds. There was a big kid's playground and a little kid's playground. And I heard throughout the year that uh, Sarah's teacher actually told me that Sarah would give up going to the big kids playground every day and go over to the little kids playground to be with her sister so she wouldn't feel lonely. Now that was a proud mama moment. When my kids were polite and said thank you to someone without being asked, when I knew they had done their best in school, I was so proud of them. And on those days, those kids belonged to me. But on the days when they started throwing a fit in the checkout line at the store or the day my son swore at his sister, he did get his mouth washed out with soap, or the day that I get called into the principal's office because my daughter had thrown a rock at a car while waiting for the bus, on those days, those children were my husband's. We've all been there, right? Well, God is not like that. God loves us even on our worst days. He loves us no matter what dumb decisions we've made. He loves us even when we turn our backs on him. There's a story in the Bible about a father who had two sons. And many of you know the story. It's called the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Now the man's youngest son had asked for his share of the father's estate. And so the father divided the property between the two boys. The young son moved away and In a while, he had squandered all of his inheritance, and he got to the point where he was literally starving to death. And he remembered that his father's servants were well-fed, so he decided to go back home. The Bible tells us that while he was still a distance away, the father saw him coming and ran to meet him and hugged him. Now, it was not the custom for men to run, yet the father ran to meet his son, He had to be watching for his son's return, longing for him to return, because the Bible says that while he was still a distance away, he saw him. This father was eager to show his son that he loved him and wanted the relationship to be restored. He was so filled with joy at his son's return that he didn't even let his son finish his confession. In Luke, we read, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
The son knew he had done things that his father would not approve of. And it didn't matter to the father what his son had done. He welcomed him home. He didn't care that his son had disrespected him, that he had squandered his gifts, that he had been given and had lost everything. He loved his son with an unconditional love. There was no humiliation or accusation in the father's greeting. There was just welcome home. When we make mistakes, when we look back on decisions with regret, Satan is right there to lie to us and tell us that God could never love us because of what we did. Satan's lies tell us it will never be good enough to earn God's love. But those are lies. Just as the father in our story welcomed his son with an unconditional love, God will always welcome us back. He's waiting with open arms. We can stop running from him and run toward him. Erwin McManus says in The Way of the Warrior, if you're running from God, he's already waiting for you, wherever your journey takes you. No matter how far you run, he will be just as close to you as when you left. My father was a very strict, unemotional man, and he had very high expectations. I was a pretty good student and got mostly A's and a few B's in school. And when I'd show him my report card, he wouldn't say, oh, great job. He would say, why did you get a B instead of an A? I tried so hard to earn his approval. I felt that if he approved of me, I would know he loved me. And I've read recently that we unconsciously respond to God in the same patterns as we responded to our earthly fathers. I felt if I could just work a little harder, if I volunteered more, if I could give more, then God would love me. It took me a long time to really believe that God loved me just for being me. Now Ephesians 2 reminds us that it's by grace we've been saved through faith and not by works. God loves us because we belong to him. He is our loving heavenly father. He delights in us. He longs for us to be in relationship with him. He longs for us to believe that we truly belong to him. I had the privilege of being a counselor at kids camp, and it's an amazing experience. Everyone needs to be in a cabin with eight kids for five days. One year, the camp theme led to a conversation about royalty. I tried my best to instill in every one of the girls in my cabin that they were princesses. They were the child of a king. I wanted the girls to know that they belonged to God. I knew that most likely those girls would someday doubt their true identity. I wanted them to know they had a heavenly father who loved them unconditionally, a father they could run to, a father they could depend on, a father who treasured them. I was raised to be very independent. My parents certainly did not treat me like a princess, nor did anyone else. And as I've gotten older, um, there are times now that people have started treating me a little bit differently. They've started calling me dear or honey. And sometimes they try to help me with a package that I might be carrying. A month or so ago, Pastor Kevin Hancock and I arrived at the Ottawa campus about the same time. He was standing at the door ready to come in, and as I pulled in, he turned around and he started walking toward me. I thought he was going to tell me something, but when he got to me, he just asked if I needed his arm. Now, I was shocked. Uh, there was a little bit of ice here and there, and I appreciated the thought, but I'm not used to being 
protected or pampered at all. I remember watching the Princess Diaries and the lessons Mia, the princess in training, had to go through. And, you know, my daughters and I, we love to watch those movies. Mia had to learn to curtsy. She had to learn which fork to use. She had to learn to waltz. And those lessons were not always easy for her to learn. And sometimes life lessons are not easy for us to learn. I know they don't come easy for me. But God uses each part of our past and somehow can bring about something good from difficult situations. One of the privileges of being a pastor here is to get to hear people's stories. And I want to tell you some stories today about friends of mine whose lives have been radically changed when they truly realize they belong to Jesus. Friend number one grew up in a home, a great home, but got caught up in a situation that had consequences that would last literally for years. She had trouble forgiving herself for the choice she had made. But she ran into the arms of Jesus and is now a wife and a mother and serves at Crossbridge. She still has days and moments of regret, but she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus has forgiven her. She knows her past does not define her, and she knows that she is a child of God. Friend number two grew up in an unsettled home. She got married, had a family, and then listened to the lies of Satan. She also made a choice that she regrets. But she allowed God to bring healing. She ran to him and allowed him to shower her with grace and with mercy. Today, she is willing to share her story so that people can see that God redeems brokenness. She knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that she is God's child. Friend number three had everything going for him, and temptation came knocking, and he opened that door, and it ruined his marriage and caused issues in his family. He came to Crossbridge looking for a way to serve God, and God opened doors for his ministry to continue. He also knows that he is a child of God. These are just a sample of stories that we hear week after week. Crossbridge is a place where anyone and everyone can come and find Jesus. God longs for us to run to him for forgiveness, for healing, and for peace. As Pastor Kevin said last week, we no longer need to look back, but we need to look forward. God wants us to understand how long, how high, how deep and how wide his love is for each of us. The only thing he asks is that we love him with our whole heart. Several years ago, I, I went to see a counselor, and in our meeting, he said a lot of things. But these words I will never forget. You see, I told other people these words all the time as I met with them. I told them to the girls in my cabin many years before. I believed them for everyone else, but it was difficult for me to believe them for myself. My counselor told me to close my eyes and envision that I was in the presence of Jesus and hear these words from him. You are my beloved child. And I slowly began to remember who I belonged to. I remembered that God's love for me was unconditional. He was longing for me to truly believe he loved me just for being me. I was God's princess, an heir to a king, even if I did not feel like one. Several years before this happened, a friend had had a party and had given each woman who attended a small tiara. And I had kept it and put it on a shelf under my mirror in my bedroom as a special memento from my friend. 
After hearing the words from my counselor, I remember looking at the tiara and saying those words over and over again as my counselor had instructed me to. You are my beloved child. Now please, don't think I go around the house wearing that tiara and acting like a Hallmark princess. But sometimes we need something visual, a visual reminder to help us get our minds back on track. Today, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you may be running. I don't know what you're running from. I don't know what lies in your past. But I know where you belong. I know whose you are. You are God's beloved child. And as a visual, a way to drive that point home, I've asked a friend to help me. Hey, Drew. This is Drew. I've known him for a long time (laughs) since you were growing up. And Drew, I want you to know that I'm proud of you. But there's someone else who loves you with an everlasting love. Drew, never forget that you are a child of the king. He loves you unconditionally. No matter what you do in life, no matter where you go, you are his beloved child. Can I pray with you? Father, I thank you for Drew. I thank you, Father, for this young man. I thank you for your hand that has been on his life. And I pray, God, that as he goes forward, that he will always remember that he is your beloved child. I pray, God, that you bless him in amazing ways. Open the path for him. Open your doors for him, Father, that he should go through and close tightly the ones that need to be closed. Father, I pray that Drew would always remember that you love him with an everlasting love. Bless him, Father. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I could call each one of you up here and put a crown on your heads. I wish I could look each one of you in the eye and say, you are God's beloved child. I wish I could pray a prayer of blessing over each and every one of you. We'd be here for a really long time, so I can't do that. But I want you to hear today, if you hear nothing else, that your father loves you with an everlasting love. You are his beloved child. As our campus pastors come, stop looking back. You are not your past. You are not your mistakes. You are not your pain. You are not your failures. You are God's beloved child. You belong to him. Run into his arms. Proclaim that you are his. You are a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.